Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony's Take Podcast, episode 172. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Tony Katz. Yes, yes, yes. And off-road, I drink my beer with two hands, Andy. You got to. I mean, you want to have full control. Yeah, you don't want to let go of the thing. You think Kawhi Leonard drinks it with two hands? Uh, he drinks it with half of a hand, <laughs> and that's bigger than both my hands combined, so... <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, thank you for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button and share with a friend. Also, uh, check out our sports podcast. I almost called it the NBA podcast because that's what matters. Uh, and that one, we uh, talk about the Bulls. Would they win the seventh ring? What do you think? But this is Ernest Tim Pod, and let's jump right on into it. Let's start things off with uh, KROQ. Wait, I, we're not. they're not allowed to say it like that anymore. I'm talking about K-Rock. Andy, tell no, us more. No, you're only allowed to say it that way. You got it wrong. I did that on purpose. Oh, okay. So uh, there's a good piece in Variety about K-Rock and what's gone over there in the last uh, couple months. We oh. talked about it, you know, right when the coronavirus came, became yeah, a big thing. Yeah, that was thing. like week one of uh, quarantine. Yeah, True they, quarantine. Uh, they terminated their uh, morning show people, including uh, Kevin, who had been there for 30 years. It's Kevin of Kevin and Bean. He Kevin Ryder. Um, and just, it was kind of like how that happened, you know, what... Really, what went, 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 went down, um, that they got... There's some new management that the guy who took over K-Rock had actually been at the like their rival station, so 98.7, which when we were growing up was like soft rock and like... It was just like Sheryl Crow the whole time. Yeah, it was Sheryl Crow and like Third Eye Blind was like the edgiest they can get. And then, uh, I don't know, a decade ago, they shifted to like basically the same music that was on K-Rock, and then they've had their own morning show. Um, for a while, and they had a producer there, and they called him Mike the Show Killer because they hated him. He said all their ideas sucked and wanted to change their format. Uh, well, Mike the Show Killer went to K Rock and then fired Kevin. So kind of kind of fitting. Yeah. Um, so it's like that's kind of that was one of the details in this thing. Uh, they also were just they're so tone deaf. The management there, they wanted Kevin to go into podcasting. So like, hey, we still want you to be part of the K Rock family. Or the KROQ family, because that's another thing that they wanted to change was... K-Rock sounds too one thing. Yeah, they're not a rock station, they're an alternative station. And alternative doesn't necessarily mean rock, it could be anything. And K-Alternative just doesn't sound good. Yeah. That actually sounds like it's part of the LGBTQB. I was going to say, the other thing, scale. it sounds almost like a neo-Nazi group or something. I guess. It could, be, it could be either one. <laughs> uh, but so yeah, that was, that was part of it. They, they wanted like, oh, you're good at... You know, people like you, so we can do like a podcast thing, which their show they did release as a podcast, I know, but it's it's different. It's still totally different. The, I mean, to be it, fair, Joe Rogan just got paid $100 million to switch to Spotify podcasting. Yeah, but I think it's hard to tell a guy who's been doing a radio morning show for 30 years. They're like, oh, you should do podcasts. And they were stupid enough to think he'd be like totally cool with that. Like, hey, we're firing you from a higher also, profile position but we're you're, you we're, want you to stay and do this other thing it's a piss poor way to do it hey i'm your boss now by the way stop doing what you've been doing for your entire life it, he, he had like kevin weatherly who they also let go who was a program director there for like 30 years if he had gone to him and said hey this is the wave of the future yeah would have been a better way to approach it i should be this guy's like coach but another thing I thought was interesting, and I do want to provide some context. I think I've said it on the show before. I haven't had a working uh, 
audio system in my car for about two, maybe three years. You have the new Jaguar, right? That <laughs> yeah, doesn't come with an audio system. It's crazy. Yeah, but I haven't listened to the radio in a long time. I used to, uh, let's say I just popped over for five minutes away. I wouldn't you know, bother putting my phone on. I would just put the radio on for those five minutes. But since I haven't had that option in a while, I just haven't, haven't even listened. Um, I didn't know how much they've changed the format of what they play on K-Rock. So there's this whole thing about when this guy came in, he's like, I want you to add this Post Malone song into the rotation. And basically they didn't do it. And then he demanded it. You guys got to play this. And they said, no, it's, it's the number three most played song on on the station. You'll never hear Weezer on there again. <laughs> so uh, You probably still will. But You know what this sounds a lot like is uh, there was a thing way, way long ago in a galaxy far away where... A band breaks into this record station and uh, tells them to play their song, only to find out that the record uh, company, or the uh, radio station, rather, is going to be going uh, jazz in the future. It's, yeah, and there was all those Kenny G records that they found, I remember. Yeah. yeah. That was a crazy story. They all went to jail, but they still played on MTV. Yeah, and they, well, they, like Johnny Cash. Yeah, that's cool. Airheads is the movie. If you don't know what we're talking about, you potential airhead. Top 15 Brendan Fraser performances. <laughs> That's not saying much. Where's uh, Bedaz- where movie, where does Bedazzled rank? Uh, top nine. Oh, <laughs> here we go. Bedazzled. Um, well, the you know the guy defending the the switch over in format was basically saying what his target audience is like, someone who's 25 to 29 and goes to Coachella and is open to new types of music. And I'm just like, I don't think that's who listens to the radio. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's fighting an uphill battle that he can't win because the only time I listen to K-Rock, and I don't listen to radio at all. I have a radio in my car, though. Um, The only time I listen is when they're giving away free free, like Coachella weekends and shit like that. Yeah. Well, it's just strange to me. I'm thinking, who actually would listen to K-Rock still is like the mechanic they put that, you know, those like at workplaces. They yeah, put them on just, in the background. Leave, exactly. But all you hear on there is get it at Galpin. It's eight minutes of commercials, three minutes of content, and a, a song. Yeah, but then the song is Billie Eilish. Yeah, and it's. Do you it's, really think the thirty-nine-year-old mechanic wants to listen listen to Billie Eilish? And to no, they want to hear the Sublime song from the nineties. They, yeah, they want to hear Peppers. They want to hear Bad Fish. That they play. Yeah. Radio is done, and this guy. What I think he helped. He put the last nail in the coffin. What does Billie Eilish play? I don't think I've she ever like listened whispers to it. Music, sad girl stuff. You know, yeah. it's, it's soft like a, just a like, lesser Taylor she's Swift. She's seventeen, so you know she's lived. Jeez. She's seen some stuff. Yeah. There's yeah, like yeah. nine electronic beats that happen at some point. She's really seventeen. She's something like that. She I was know, very young. 12. I think she's. I think she's older now. But I think when she would like first came on the scene, she was like sixteen or something. All of her songs, she whispers. And they're weird. They're like the lyrics are just like step on glass, bury so a friend. She bite was born your in two thousand one. She'll be nineteen in December, so there she is go. eighteen. All right, that's upsetting. Um, yeah, and you know what? So Corolla had Bean Baxter on his pod. I don't know. Last week, Bean retired three months before all, all of this came uh, came crumbling, and uh, they were kind of you know just chatting it up and beans like i don't think this had anything to do with me leaving like obviously uh none of us knew this was coming but corolla's making the doc about k-rock and they're saying well now we have our ending yeah so i can't wait to watch that that's been coming they've been working on this for a few years now i mean k-rock in the 90s it i believe it was world famous so that was a a nice little tidbit i uh, read in that story was that that tagline was actually a joke i never knew that 
Well, yeah, I mean, come on. You can't actually think that everyone in the world has heard of no, K-Rock. But it, it, it was, in a sense. It was breaking new alternative artists in, in the late 80s here, and stuff. It was here, yeah. Um, but that it was, no, it really was. It was syndicated. In the United States. Yeah. I don't think it reached Europe. Well, it's like Europe. the World Series. It's kind of, but but yeah. like when they started, they called it world famous when it was really just a small station that wasn't even the big station in LA. It was mm-hmm. just like a local, local thing. So, yeah, that's, that's a good story to tell, and it's a, a sad ending. It's just crazy how quickly it came down. And obviously, we didn't know the behind the scenes. I'm sure they've been struggling for several years just because, like you said, no one listens to radio. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how you, you guys talk to a lot of, like, uh, young people, people under the age of 25. I was going to say, how young are we talking? <laughs> I Children. don't. I'm saying, like, I don't... I, I can't Under imagine any of them are committed to the radio because... Oh, no. No one You think anyone radio. who's... Like, by the time we were 15, like, by the time we were in high school, we all had access to MP3 players. The first, the iPod came out, and then everyone got phones that could do it, and it's just... So, if you were five years younger than us, like, you just had access to this from the beginning. Yeah, but, I mean, how are we going to follow up and find out how Trent Reznor's doing? I do want to know. You know? That's, what there's, that's why there's five million podcasts. Uh, that's what the radio was for. Yeah. Cause oh he's coming in because he he yeah. has a new children's book. Does he? <laughs> I don't horrible. know. It's probably what it's for. It's all black. There's no words. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a sad uh, sad day because I mean like I said I never listened but when I did that's I didn't I don't know any other morning shows and I I won't bother to look because I don't really care. You knew what you were getting with them. Yeah, the only morning show you care about has Steve Carell on it. It's pretty good. When I when I think K Rock though, for whatever reason, I just think of carpooling in middle school and Offspring playing. It was always like Offspring or Smashing Pumpkins or something in the morning. Yeah, that's why I remember like seven in the morning on my way to middle school, which is a teen angst, thirteen year old. And there might still be a market for that playing that kind of music. That I I don't since I don't listen to the radio. I Maybe don't know. we'll just do a music hour like once a week, like a like from like a like at midnight. <laughs> you gotta like, have broadcasting a from a dumpy Wednesday. studio in downtown Villa Park. But uh, you know that that era of music is now. I think they actually play that on classic rock stations and everything. But oh yeah, I mean who would know? I mean Jack but, FM. I mean they play what they want, of course. Yeah, but, but that's more than that kind of music. It's everything. Um. You know it sucked too. Tony brought up a good point about listening to it when you're a kid. Like when you're driving to school, like we lived pretty close to our middle school and our high school even more. You imagine like you get in that car for four minutes, you could potentially not listen to any radio, just commercials for Galpin it, and Worthington Ford it the happened. entire time. It happened all the time. The worst was when you'd be maybe like two minutes out and they teased like a segment. That you, you're like, oh, I want to hear this. That you'd want to hear, and you like, well, and then I'm not the commercial sit in the my car. Commercial ends, and you know you still got there's you're still three minutes away. And you're like, I'm gonna get to hear this segment, and then they actually go to something different, and it's Ralph Garvin doing like an impersonation or something. You're like, fuck. Yeah, those were always the worst, and I was so naive when they're like, oh, we have you know, <laughs> uh, Bill Gates on, and it's like, oh, cool, like, these guys have it all. They are world famous. No, it was Ralph Garvin. God damn it. But uh, we're in a better place now, I have to say. So yeah, and I, I already, now if you want to hear those, I'm sure he has a podcast. I am pretty sure that Spotify did reach out to him, and I think he's gonna start putting some together on on Spotify. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I can't wait till Spotify makes us an offer. By the way, Spotify stock is up like 30 points since they announced Joe Rogan. Yeah, I think they got a, actually a really good deal based on how many listens he gets. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so good for them. All right, let's uh, move out of uh, morning shows and talk daily shows. You mean John former Stewart. daily show former. hosts? Well, he's no one knows Trevor Noah. John Stewart's been away for uh, quite a long time, uh, but he's back with his second feature film. So uh, after he left the, da- the Daily Show, he wanted to be a film director and just kind of, I mean, really be semi-retired. But uh, he hasn't put out a movie since 2014, but now he has a new one called Irresistible. Like Daddy didn't come out in 2014. I'm talking about his directorial you know, work. Oh. Uh, his new one, Irresistible, was set to come out, I believe, like this week in theaters. But uh, now it will be out uh, on demand June 26th. So um, it's a political comedy, whereas his other movie is more of a drama. So uh, this is exciting. I, I've, I've missed Jon Stewart. He was important to my uh, youth, I'd say, or my, my high school years. I was a great source of, of the news. And yeah, I don't really watch The Daily Show. I'll see clips on YouTube from time to time, but it's not something I watch every day like I used to back then so I'm, I'm happy to see him do something yeah i never really watched the daily show um i mostly remember when it first came out my brother would watch it because it was on comedy central so he was gonna watch it um uh, mostly just tell remember telling my brother like oh he was in big daddy i must have told him that like 12 times i don't know why i thought he kept forgetting that or why i needed to share that but i was like oh that guy was in big daddy couldn't throw in the faculty no i don't think uh, i had seen that oh, at that point that's come on sad that's I well, what them. year did The Daily Show start? Like, 98? Daily Show started in, like, well, 96 with, with Craig Kilborn, With actually. him, though. I think it was, yeah, 99 with him. So, I don't think a, a nine-year-old me had seen The Faculty. That's a shame. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I'm I I'm pretty had. sure I saw that right when it was available at Blockbuster Video. Oh, uh, I would have seen it on, like, USA or something. Oh, yeah. You know, I have a weird story about that and I wasn't going to mention in what we were watching I think I watched it even like last week uh, I watched Dogma you know the Kevin Smith movie oh yeah so I was watching it it's on YouTube for free because it's a, like a whole the Weinsteins technically own it it's one and of those they deals they can't own anything anymore so um, it's like free on YouTube no one can actually do a copyright on it because you know he's not going to do it from jail um, I don't think I've ever seen that movie off of Comedy Central <laughs> and I was like there's whole new scenes like obviously like nudity and stuff but just like scenes that weren't even in the Comedy Central version it's so funny if you ever watch stuff like that, where it's like, I only ever watched the TV cut of something. Yeah. Oh, there's so many of those from when I was a kid. Yeah. I don't know any offhand, but I'm sure there's a dozen or more. Con Air, probably for sure. I mean, that was always on TNT. Uh, I don't know what, I mean, probably just language. I don't think there was like crazy violence in that. Yeah. I mean, it's all implied. And that's the funny thing is that you get everything out of this, like, when I said that there were scenes like I didn't like see in the real version, like it didn't matter. Like you, I still got everything that you needed to get out of Dogma. Is Matt Damon and Dogma. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I saw that, but I must have been fourteen, something like that. Yeah, like there's like more blood. Like there probably wasn't blood in the TV version, but you know the person's dead. Like when he pulls a trigger, or you you, you show him with a gun, and then you hear the gun go off. You don't need to see the blood spatter on the wall to know that the, he shot the person. Yeah. So, like, as a, you know, 11-year-old when I first Andy, saw that uh, on Comedy Andy, Central. If you guys didn't know, but he's a, uh, a professor of film. Yeah. And you can find him at your local community college. I just teach Kevin Smith movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's that's interesting. Um, the movie doesn't sound bad. It's got Steve Carell in it, I see. So, maybe I'll, uh, well, I won't yeah. pay for it, but 
it'll come to streaming somewhere, right? Yeah, that's what it's going to go to. You know, Amazon. it's going to be one of those things that's going to be $10 to start and then it'll go somewhere else. Yeah, I won't pay 10 bucks for it, but okay. All right. Uh, well, how about you tell us some news about Indiana Jones 5? Where is Harrison Ford crashing his plane now? Uh, hopefully a movie set some sometime soon, although this movie isn't set till 2022. And I think Ford will be 80 years old at that point. Yeah. So I just have some uh, advice. Do not put him in any action scenes. Oh, no, it'll be all So he, he's going to be, I think, 15 years older than Sean Connery was in Indiana Jones 3, where he was the old guy who didn't do anything, <laughs> which is a great movie, and it was a great role. I love Sean Connery. So if you just do that again with Harrison Ford, I think it, it could be really good. Um, I don't know what the plan is for the script. I don't think Shia LaBeouf is coming back as his son. That's, no. just, that's just a guess. He's making um, Peanut Butter Falcon, too. But when they first announced this project a long time ago, we actually have an article up about it. So an article that we wrote before there was a podcast, mm-hmm. um, Lucas wasn't involved. Lucas is like, I don't want to do this shit. Everyone hates me. But Spiel- Spielberg was still involved. And now uh, I guess Spielberg's not involved at all. And um, James Mangold, right? Yeah, new director, James Mangold, who's done, uh, he did Ford versus Ferrari last year. Very good. Uh, along with uh, Logan a couple years ago, which is a good, like... Gritty. Yeah, like a, a toned down action movie, which is what this should be about. And it's also a movie about aging, which is this Indiana Jones should be about. So uh, I, I've, I have confidence that this will be watchable. I don't think uh, there's going to be any uh, swinging from vines like a monkey scenes in this film. But, I hope not. You know, only, only if monkeys do it themselves. Yeah, yeah, that would yeah. be fine. But no humans. Uh, when's the release date for that supposed to be? Like 2022? 2022. So. Mm-hmm. I look forward to that. I like Indiana Jones. I'll watch those any old time. Yeah, I'll even well, watch the 08 one or 09, whatever Yeah, year I watched it is. that on Netflix like a couple months ago, and it's not horrible. It's fine. It's yeah. entertaining. I mean, our movie of the week was uh, Six Underground. We watched that. Like, yeah. You just want to see inter- like action, and that's what you're going to get in an Indiana Jones movie. Might as well call it Indiana Action. Yeah, yeah. but this one, let someone else do it. Yeah, yeah, of course. It'll be uh, Tom Hardy or something. Unless they're just like a, a plane crash. That one. Uh, so speaking of paint plane crashes, I uh, I read that they actually crash a full-blown real plane into a building in Tenant. Yeah, I saw that. It was cheaper. Pretty neat. Yeah. If that ever comes out. I think it will. All right. Um, tell us about some reviews for Space Force, which is slated to be available in season one entirety on Friday. Yeah, Netflix's new show, Space Force, starring Steve Carell. We talked about it a few weeks back. We were excited that uh, it looked it looked fun. It's something fun to look forward to. It's uh, one of the creators of The Office, so it's kind of bringing back a little bit of that crew, and it had a good cast. John Malkovich was in it. Uh, the reviews are out though, and they're they're not good. So the show is is kind of rough. Uh, a lot of comparisons to The Office season one, which if you remember that wasn't hmm. uh, all There's that good. Like four episodes. Yeah, but it was. They said similar problems where you just you don't like Steve Carell's character, um, which is he was a little over the top. Yeah, and it just became like well, you needed you needed some of that heart, which he got in later seasons, which wasn't in season one. So uh, it's disappointing. I was actually really looking forward to it. But I'm still going to watch it. Yeah, I mean, what else is there to do? And um, it, it's, it's short. They're half-hour episodes, right? I would think so. I actually don't know. Yeah, what comedy is an hour? You know? I, don't, I don't think Steve Carell has the time to do 10 episodes of an hour show. He has the time, but... He's, he's, in, he's in movies and other stuff. It's, he's, he's a very busy guy. Making uh, Crazy Stupid Love 2. 
Yeah. This time it kills David Lindhagen. That's dark. Yeah. I think that's Foxcatcher too. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I'm still going to watch it, but I have always said this. I mean, Netflix, I think they're years away from hitting a stride where they're releasing, you know, content that is up there with, you know, HBO or Showtime. They're just, they're in a completely different level and league. And yeah, they release 50 million things for anyone to watch, but do you actually need to watch any of it? They do a lot of different types of content for everyone, so the whole family can enjoy. Yeah, but do you enjoy it? That's my main question. Like, HBO is like, oh, shit, they have a new show coming out. We better check it out because it's going to be breathtaking. Yeah, you have, you have to put in more work, but also Netflix knows that they're people, just playing people aren't the doing the work, and they'll just watch it. Yeah, they're playing the numbers, and like, well, this heap of shit's going to get watched by 50 million people. Because I still haven't watched it, and I, don't, I think I'm waiting for uh, October. But uh, the haunting of Hill House, the season two of that will be out. Yeah, and everything I've heard of that is that's excellent. So yeah, and I, I really liked the first one. I'm I'm not saying everything they make is garbage. I mean, the first couple of seasons of House of Cards was phenomenal. Yeah, you just gotta you gotta search it out. You gotta do a little work on it. But I'm I'm just saying, look at the numbers when when HBO releases something. Like the only thing that comes to mind that I didn't watch, or like because I was like, this sucks, was the New Pope. And people like that. And I was just like, this is just isn't for me. And yeah. there was plenty of that kind of stuff, like Sex in the City, though, that's for girls. Or, yeah, um, they have a lot of comedies that I've never watched. Yeah, like some of the stuff's not for you, but it's still good, just it's not for you. Whereas Netflix is like, well, that was a four out of a hundred, uh, and everyone hated it. Yeah, but, Netflix has got in the, like, the reality show game, and like, that's definitely not for me. Oh, absolutely not. Um, yeah, I just think they're a few way- years away from... You know, hitting their stride, um, if that's even what they're going for, if they're just going to continue my, my to concern with them crank is out nonsense. They, they keep getting, they give big deals to people who make good TV, and then that stuff ends up not being their best stuff. You know, like the yeah. uh, Ryan Murphy, the guy that American Horror Story and the OJ Simpson thing, mm-hmm. um, his show just came and went. The thing with Gwyneth, Pal- Gwyneth Paltrow, and you probably didn't even know about it. What show is that? It's called The Politician. No. And I don't think it was bad. I don't think it got bad reviews. It just it wasn't like groundbreaking and it just came and went. No one, no one cared about it. When does the People versus Bill Clinton come out? Oh, I don't know. That's <laughs> that's a thing though, right? We were talking about saying, that? Yeah, they always have so many ideas for this. There's a, They're going to do like more nine more seasons of American Horror Story probably in between. Oh, hell so. yeah. Nine more seasons of American yeah. Horror Story? They're doing American Horror Stories. Uh, they announced they're just like scary individual that be stories. Like goosebumps, you know. I like that. Which yeah, it's a fine idea, but like now it's just like a brand. Oh yeah, they've yeah. they've been aiming for that. I feel like for a while. I mean, how many seasons are they into on that? Like eight, nine. I think nine already. It's crazy. Um, actually, following along with that and staying on FX, which they do create, they're like a cable version of HBO. 15 seasons for Always Sunny in Philadelphia. TV history is made. Uh, they are the longest-running live-action series ever. They just renewed for a 15th season. So it did. It broke the record for, like, time, right? It's definitely not number of episodes. Yeah, because they've only done 154. Yeah, it's not even the number of seasons. I don't, bel- I don't know the specifics yeah. of what it is, but I saw that, and I was like, well, that's cool. Uh, because I love that show and I still think they're doing great stuff over there, even if they claim they're always out of ideas, which I, I understand. I mean, 
Oh, they have writers, so... Yeah, how many things can you do? But they still do a good job, and they... What were some of the relevant ones from last season? I barely even remember anymore. Yeah. The Me Too one still makes me laugh. That was two years ago, I think? Yeah, that was a couple years ago where Dennis... Time's up. Telling Mac to stop making advances. I want an advances Oh, they did a cool episode where they went to the zoo and everything was through text messages. Oh, yeah. It was a cool idea. Yeah. Um, And I liked the last episode was the laser tag thing, which was just kind of like about them. But yeah, it's it's fascinating that it's been... So it's been 15 seasons, but probably been like 18 years or something now. Yeah. And it's so great that DeVito has stayed on the whole time. I mean, he came in... Was he in the first season or he came in season two? Season two. That's right. But he's been so, he's like the Kramer. Obviously, Charlie's more of a Kramer, but like just a, a, a very important character to have. He's spectacular. He's amazing in that show. Yeah, but it doesn't, it's aged well. It doesn't seem like so out of place, but they were probably like mid-30s when it started and now they're or something, I don't know, maybe yeah, something late like 20s. That. I don't know what they were, but they still seem to be, they're in the same spot in life, which is yeah, the point of the show. But it doesn't seem like they're like ancient or anything. I think I've talked about this uh, earlier in the quarantine thing. I must have, but I, I was watching the uh, the the quarantine episode because they have one of those, and uh, they're all getting ready to sing for uh, the new kids on the block, yeah. or is it boys in the boys to men? Boys to men. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> they're all getting sick, but it's it's because they're coming down from alcohol poisoning, <laughs> or not just from alcoholism. And Dennis is like, if I was sick, all I would say is. Sickness begun. It makes me laugh every time. Yeah. Didn't you also watch the one where they go to the bunker? Yeah, of course. Because Charlie could grab a hatchet. Or- yeah, you got to stock up yeah. for the storm of the century, which was very you know similar to here because they're like you know you're gonna need toilet paper because you're not leaving your house for eight years. So they were they you know they they resonate with life, and I, I look forward to seeing uh, the fifteenth season. And where do you think they're gonna end? How many seasons do you think they got left? I think I can go another 10 years. Okay, you think this Because they're a- not doing 10 seasons. They're not doing a season per year, it seems like. Yeah. Kinda it's like it. uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. But it doesn't seem like any of them are so successful that they're, they've... I mean, it's been 15 years and they haven't all moved out of it, so... Yeah, I mean, let's face it. That show Mac did on Apple TV+, Plus. I never watched an episode of it. Um, Charlie does some movies, but I haven't, what I feel was like the last that, thing you saw him in? I feel like that came and went. Yeah, he did Horrible Bosses. Yeah. Was that it? No, he did more things. He did that thing where you had to like fight Ice Cube at the school. Oh yeah, I didn't watch yeah. that. I mean, he was in other like uh, side character stuff. Yeah, and um, I mean they're they're good in that role. Like uh, D has popped up in, I don't know, a handful of, like TV shows or something where she's in one episode. I like that she was in she was in Kirby Enthusiasm before That's Always Sunny. That's right. Yeah, yeah. She was she was Cheryl's sister before she was ever even in Always Sunny, and they actually brought her back as Cheryl's sister again this season. Huh, see, I don't even remember that because cool. I mean that was probably in like two thousand three or something. Yeah, like you wouldn't have known if you watched that live. I knew huh. because I first watched that series like way later. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, we uh, we look forward to watching that. Um, all right. Well, we've been doing this uh, awesome. You know, madness of uh, the 2010s best actor of the decade, and we're going to continue with that. But before we do, this portion of the pod is brought to you by our good friends at Simple Doggy, the dog leash that is quicker and easier, and it works with your dog's current collar or harness. For a limited time, the Tony's Take listener, that's you, can use promo code Tony. <laughs> I pointed to Andy, but thank you. Uh, spell matter. it out, Andy. 
T-O-N-Y. We know the drill. It doesn't matter. Yeah, no one knows who you're pointing at. Tony's on fire over there. <laughs> I was about to do the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so plug in promo code Tony. I'll get 25% off and free shipping. Just plugging that in. It's the dog leash you've been waiting for. All right. Well, Andy, take it take it away. How about you recap us? Uh, yeah, yeah, show we're us doing, the highlights. We're doing best actor of the 2010s. So again, it's, it's based on their... Career in the 2010s, the movies they made in those years, the movies that came out during those years. Uh, so we uh, we started off with a field of 18, got it down to 16, and now we're down to eight. Ooh, this is so, exciting. Uh, you know, it's it's we reseed every tournament or every every round, and it's totally random matchups. So sometimes you get some crazy matchups that don't belong, and sometimes you got to send some really great actors home early, and we definitely did that. So uh, we're down to a final eight. We're down to uh, this the second. We're at the second round now. Uh, are you guys ready? Oh yeah, I'm excited. Definitely. So I'm going to need a number between one and eight from each of you. Um, four. Eight. Four and eight. All right, the Battle of the Brads. Oh, oh boy. Number four, Bradley Cooper. Number eight, Brad Pitt. So uh, first off, Bradley Cooper, four Oscar nominations in the 2010s. Uh, his uh, big credits: The Place Beyond the Pines, Silver Linings Playbook. The Guardians of the Galaxy series, American Hustle, American Sniper, and A Star is Born. And then for Brad Pitt, he's got one Oscar win uh, this past year for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, two other nominations, uh, big big movies this decade, Moneyball, Killing Them Softly, World War Z, 12 Years a Slave, Fury, The Big Short, and Ad Astra. That's This is just going to get harder and this harder. This is tough, it? yeah. I'm... For a second, I thought I was going one way, and then I heard a couple of movies there, and then all of a sudden, I went like right back on the fence. And you know, I probably shouldn't tell this to Andy, but obviously, at this point, all of them have a phenomenal, you know, uh, display of shows and work. That I'm going to look at their bad movies and deduct and work backwards, if you will. Yeah, do what you want. And that's tough. I never saw Twelve Years a Slave, but I imagine that's a very good movie. He has a small role, but important. Moneyball yeah. feels like that was from like 2001. I don't know why. Moneyball was great. Yeah, yeah. I like it a lot. It just seems like it's a lot older than that. I think it's 2010, so it is one of the 2011. older ones. So. Yeah, I'll just say it's right there. My uh, our buddy was a uh, or my buddy was a uh, extra in that movie. You actually see his like from his like basically like his torso down. He was an extra in the stands when they're doing a uh, spring training when they're like when they put Hatterberger at first base, I think, or something like that. All right, I'm going to go Brad Pitt because of Burnt. Because of, oh, because that the movie that Bradley movie. Cooper did yeah. they didn't like? Okay. It was supposed to be smart, but if I remember it, I was like, this is dumb. So I'm, uh, I'm glad you went Brad Pitt because I, I got to go with my gut. I was leaning Bradley Cooper earlier, so I'm going to stick with that because I like, honestly, it's more so because I like watching Andy have to like yeah, decide. Yeah, he struggles. I All like right, well, then I'm going to go first next time. So. <laughs> hey, we could switch it up, <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah, that's not fair. But no, Bradley Cooper is the one I was like considering first. They're and then I kind of phenomenal. I kind of heard a few of the, like the, like when I heard Big Short and stuff like that, I was like, ah, oh, Brad Pitt. But then it was like, ah, Brad Pitt and Big Short. It wasn't like he was, he wasn't very big in that movie, I don't think, was he? Was, no, it was again a small role, but it was a good role, though. Yeah, it was a good role, but I mean, I'm looking like at the so rules. The What's his, is his name? Ben uh, Rickett? Prickett? <laughs> I don't think it's. I don't think it's Prickett. I, mean, I would but, be shocked if it's Prickett. Uh, I don't know. So he, he's uh, been big in producing. So I believe The Big Short was one of the things he produced. Also, yeah. Twelve Years a Slave. So he just puts himself in these movies that he's producing too. Yeah. Um, 
Did any of you guys see Fury? I actually just I recently watched that. Yeah, Fury. I, it's, I've never seen it. It's very good. And it's I, very I know it, good. It looks good. I just never have watched it. Fury so. was good. All so, in uh, the tank. It's crazy. So if you guys, if you guys uh, vouch for it, I'm gonna go with Brad Pitt. Again, reasons for us to think we have a tough life. Just go watch a movie like that. You don't. All right. So you said Brad Pitt. I did say Brad Pitt. All right. All right, Brad Pitt's moving on to the final four. Oh, I like that. I'm okay with that. Again, that was one of those matchups where it's like, it wasn't like I was like sold on Bradley Cooper. It was kind of like, I just liked maybe more of his movies a little bit better, but also more so I wanted Andy to really be the one to decide there. Yeah. All right, two more numbers, guys. One. Uh, Two. All right, one is Christian Bale. Oh, boy. Two, Margot Robbie. So Christian Bale, one Oscar win, four nominations. Uh, he was in The Fighter, The Dark Knight Rises, American Hustle, The Big Short, Vice, and Ford versus Ferrari. This is easy for me. Margot Robbie was in uh, less stuff, but still uh, pretty impactful. Two Oscar nominations. Wolf of Wall Street, Suicide Squad, I, Tanya, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Bombshell. Christian Bale. Yeah, Christian Bale. Well, I, I mean, supposed, I was supposed to go first. Uh, it doesn't. It's not gonna matter. No, it this one. Matter. Everyone's gonna say Christian Bale. Christian Bale, dude. I yeah, he's. Yeah. Andy, were you gonna say otherwise? No, but yeah. okay, that's what I thought. We'll let you go, but we will let you go first for the next one. But Christian Bale is an easy one. This is. I'm glad he didn't go first for that one. Okay. I wouldn't say he's an easy one, but he was an easy one for that round. Yeah. So all due respect, Margot Robbie. Those are a couple good movies, and she. Yeah, does. and she. Uh, no, yeah, exactly. Nothing against her. She does phenomenal work. I think, but. I mean, we're talking about a guy who is, he morphs his body every other role in a completely different direction. It's crazy. Like, here's the thing. Um, they're both in DC Comics movies, we'll say. They're both in the same, like, um, character universe. If tomorrow they announce Christian Bale back as Batman for a fourth and final film, you'd be way more pumped than they're like, Harley Quinn 2. Didn't they already do a Harley Quinn 2? No, this is Harley Quinn one. Suicide Squad was oh, she right. was in it. So it's was- Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. But also that's because Christopher Nolan was behind it as well. Even I mean, the whole said, thing is a masterpiece. Even if they said Michael Bay directing Christian Bale as Batman, I'd still be on the I'd board. be into it, but I would be like, Well, god damn it, what happened? Where'd they go wrong? Because now it's gonna be shot in Miami and it, the whole thing's gonna be shot in the Batmobile. <laughs> and Dave Franco's driving it for some reason. Yeah. Stay tuned for our Netflix movie of the week review, by the way. All right, next matchup, guys. <laughs> you still got four numbers on the board. Uh, three. Um, let's do six. Three and six. Okay, number three is Amy Adams. Four Oscar nominations. Oh, let's, let's do the next person first. Six, Leonardo DiCaprio. So, yeah, Amy Adams, four Oscar nominations. She was in The Fighter, The Muppets, The Master, the Superman movies, Her, American Hustle, Arrival, Nocturnal Animals, Vice, and the television miniseries Sharp Objects. So you said she's in Her, and yeah, that's true. But It's a small role. Exactly. Do you need to mention that she's in it? Because her role didn't make or break it. I'm mentioning it because it's a top-tier movie. Cause she Okay. And she's in it. I'm just thinking about this going forward. Like, do we want to mention all the big movies they're in, even if they're, you know, a side character where most people wouldn't even remember she's in it? Yeah. Also, I feel like that's not that well watched of a movie. I don't think I've seen it 
I saw it twice, but I saw actually first saw it at the ArcLight before it came out. And I don't remember who it was, but my brother-in-law's sister, who's in film, she's a cinematographer, she was with us. And some girl was in a row in front of us. And when her scene was done, she got up and left the theater. She was in the movie. It's good. I didn't know who it was. I didn't even notice it happened, but she told me after the fact, yeah. which was cool. Yeah, there are a lot of people in it. I think Chris, Chris Pratt was in it. I think yeah. He was dating uh, Amy Adams, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, I think I was... Uh, well, she still did a bunch of other stuff. That yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. I'm just saying, sh- I'm wondering how we should do this moving forward. Because we're getting into, obviously, um, amazing... Well, most of these people legendary are... Legendary status roles. Most of these people are stars in these movies, so... Um, yeah, Leo. He was in Titanic. Doesn't count. <laughs> what, Seeding Gilbert Grape wasn't this uh, <laughs> decade? Definitely not. Uh, what does count is Shutter Island, Inception, Django Unchained, The Great Gatsby, The Wolf of Wall Street, The Revenant, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Andy, you going to go first? Uh, okay, I will go first. And I will go with Amy Adams. Because I think she just did a lot more. Leo did uh, good movies, definitely. Ones I'd l- love to watch and watch again. But just a uh, lower output. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, you can also push that to he's well into his career and feel like hers is, she's still pretty new to the game. I mean, not so much anymore now, but I mean, 2010, she was a, she had been in the office, you know, like she was a new Ricky Bobby. Yeah. Big, but you know what I mean? Role. She was an up and comer. Yeah. I think she had already been in a couple like bigger roles, but yeah. Leo was a movie star by the age 22 or whatever that Titanic yeah. com- came out. All right. Well, Tony, do you want to be uh, the next person to go or would you like me to go? Uh, you go. I'm still thinking. I want to see if it's even going to matter. I'm going to go ahead and uh, see if I can throw a, a, a stick in the spokes here. I'm going to go Leo DiCaprio. All right. So can, much pressure. Can you just do me one quick favor, Andy, just because I'm like trying to recap in my head. It's like when I'm at the, when you're at the spelling bee and you want to hear like the word one more time. Can, can I hear Amy Adams? Sentence? Can I hear Amy Adams movies one more time? All right, I'm going to go slow. All right, thank you. (laughs) The Fighter. Okay, yeah. You saw this one? I did see The Fighter, actually, yeah. Um, The Muppets. She was Jason Segel's girlfriend. Did not see The Muppets. (laughs) Yeah. Delightful. The Master. It's the Philip Seymour Hoffman Scientology type movie. Never saw that either. Definitely not. Uh, The Superman movies, you could just disqualify those because they suck. Okay. Her, which Sean already disqualified. I didn't disqual. Yeah, I did. American Hustle. Okay. Arrival. Did you see Arrival? I don't think so. Where she talks to the aliens through the ink. No. It was weird, but it was good. I, I think it's. I think it's really good. And then Vice, where she played uh, Lynn Cheney. Yeah. And Sharp Objects, which I didn't watch. Hmm. So I didn't see a lot of those. She's also in Justice League. Okay. That's that's Superman. Can you... Uh, so she was in the DC movies as Lois Lane. And Leonardo DiCaprio had like Revenant, Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, Inception. Inception's a big one. Yeah. I, I got to go Leonardo DiCaprio. Just because I saw more of those movies and I actually enjoyed a lot of those. I like Wolf of Wall Street. I like uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Great Gatsby. I like it. I don't care what you say. I enjoy it. I never saw Django? it, but I'm... Yeah, I'll, how was uh, how was Aviator? Is it, it's not well, Aviator is like two thousand four. Oh my god! 
Fooled me. I'm 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 fine with this because uh, Django Unchained I think is uh, oh yeah that one too. That performance is I love so fun that I don't know if it's the best. Django. Yeah, Andy. If we're actually talking about like not movies and just actual acting performances, uh, Christopher Waltz I think should have been up there. Christoph. Christoph Waltz. He's done like. Two good things. I said, yeah. but Glorious going by his performances, though. His performances. He was a villain in a Bond movie. Two of yeah. them, I guess. Well, no, only one. Well, one of them will be this year, out, yeah. so yeah. Performances. All right, so we're down to our last two, I believe. What is that? Five, six, seven and, seven and four? Five and seven. Five and seven. And uh, see, luck of the draw, I'd say these are the two worst people on the list, this in my opinion. Happening. Wow. You can't tell us that, Andy. Well, it's my opinion. Yeah, and you're now swaying ours. <laughs> well, don't. Too late. Okay. I hate them both. Um, they're not bad people. They're in the final eight. I don't even. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I I feel like this is one of the ones that we had to throw in last week. That was one of the ones I've never heard of. Was before. it Fastbender? Yes, Michael Fastbender. Jesus, who uh, was Magneto in four different X Men movies. He was in Shame, Haywire, Prometheus, Twelve Years a Slave, The Counselor, Frank, and Steve Jobs. Did anyone see Frank? Never even heard of it. Yeah, what? Frank was is that the, weird. The turtle. No, Frank is where he plays a lead singer of a band who wears a paper mache head. Okay. So you don't even see his what? face, I don't think, once in the whole Is he a DJ? Yeah, I was going to say, is he supposed to be like uh, no, Daft it's like, Punk? It's like a rock band. It's it's a very weird movie, but... Maggie Gyllenhaal, from, huh? Yeah. Interesting. And uh, he was great in the in Prometheus as well as the uh, the sequel, Alien Covenant. The Never movies weren't saw, great. But. I don't think I saw any of those. All right, so number seven. Tom Hardy, oh. Inception, yeah. Warrior, The Dark Knight Rises, Mad Max, Fury Road, The Revenant, Dunkirk, and Venom. I think we can yeah, all say yeah. it at the same Tom, time. Tom Hardy, but Andy, you really think he was the one of the worst on there? See, Out of the eight, yeah. I don't know, dude. Tom, Those are some great movies. I think you might be surprised by what Tom Hardy might do in the semifinals if he goes against the right person. All right. I mean, that's, that's the fun of it. And look at that semifinals. We got Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio who worked together a lot. And then we got Bane versus Batman with Tom Hardy and the Christian Bale. What a final four. Let's see that movie. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Have they all switch roles? Brad Pitt is Batman. You know, Leo was uh, initially going to play Batman. Is that and actually true? A lot of people don't know that. I think they gave him an offer for the, uh, for Batman Begins. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. I forgot who the other person was. Would have been weird. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Would he have even gained weight? Like, has he ever really changed his body? He got fat in a squirt gun fight I saw like in a tabloid type thing or something, but that was just like summer vacation for him. Uh, wasn't he? He was super thin in something once, but he was thin back then. Yeah, I feel like thin is different. I feel like the beach or something. The beach? Oh, well, he was a kid. That doesn't count. He's like 15 in that movie. It's a good movie, by the way. Trippy. Scary. All right. So we got our final four. I look forward to that next week. And then, uh, I did put together an NIT if we want to do it later. Of course we do. But I'm also willing to accept submissions. Oh. So if you guys have recommendations of people you thought, why aren't they on this list? Why weren't they there? And that goes to you guys too. Write in to us on Twitter or uh, Instagram. Tony's take underscore Tony's on Twitter and Tony's dot take on Instagram. Let us know uh, if we missed anybody. And yeah, I'll, I'll think of a few and uh, I'll shoot you my, my opinions on them uh, this week. Yeah, I, I have eight people here, so uh, I'm oh, hoping... We're going to want to make you, at least 100. So if you send me someone, then we're going to definitely lock them in. But yeah. That field is subject to change. 
look forward to that uh, little uh, tournament as well. I've been enjoying these ones. They're fun. I like being, you know, in charge and casting a vote. Feeling powerful. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, shall we move on to what we've been watching? Let's do it. All right. I have three, not including the movie of the week. All right. I only have two. Whoa. Tony? I'm not sure I have anything, to be honest. I don't think I really watched it much. I was pretty much gone. All- Actually, no, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> Never turned I, on the TV once. <laughs> the thing is, though, is it's like now that things have been going back into like motion a little bit more, I'm out and, out and about, and it's like when I come home late, it's like I usually just throw on the Simpsons. Like I think I watched four episodes of Simpsons last night. And now but, that the uh, the charities are back open, you're putting in more hours. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I just, I'll try to think of something, though, but I don't know if I really did watch anything. I don't know. Yeah, I just don't sit down and watch movies too often. I usually like just on TV shows. Well, um, Andy, you want to do two? Wait, uh, you have three. I have. I only have two. You oh, have three. He I only two. have three. <laughs> I don't know why I thought you said you had four. We just assume that's the starting yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> well, Andy, you go. All right. So I watched Onward. This is a Pixar movie. Oh. From this year. I heard it was delightful. It, uh... It's yeah, it's enjoyable. It's it's a Pixar movie, which means uh, if you're an adult, it'll make you cry a bit because all those movies are about like family dying at some point. That's like every single Pixar movie. I also realized I haven't seen a Pixar movie in like five years, so I I, I always enjoy those movies, but I haven't seen Incredibles two or Finding Dory or Coco or Toy Story four. So this is the first one I've seen in a while. Uh, the reason is because it's on Disney Plus already. That that was a great little get that they were able to put that on Disney Plus like a month after release because that came out I think March 6th. I mean it's their movie I'm not that impressed that they were able to put it on there but I get it. I'm sure there was a couple of hurdles they had to jump over to make it happen. Well at first they were going to consider do the thing like oh it's 20 bucks. They were like oh fuck that. And then they realized no one was doing that except for like Trolls World Tour and that's just so your kids shut up. But if you don't know what this is about, it's uh, like a fantasy world, except that they discovered science, so people stopped doing magic, and it was kind of like a thing people made fun of. So Chris Pratt plays like the burnout older brother, you know, classic character type, who is really into magic and believes in it. And then Tom Holland is the younger brother, who is kind of uh, meek and, you know, timid. And uh, their dad died when he was a baby, so he doesn't even remember his dad. And they end up finding like a you know wizard staff, and they do a spell to bring him back to life for one day, but they can't complete it, so they have to go on a quest to find a magic stone that'll allow them to complete the quest, so that Tom Holland can meet his father for the first time. And it's like, fuck, that's sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how do you do that? How do you write shit like that? That's sick and twisted, Pixar. But I mean, you, you know how to get to people. It's uh, relatable. Obviously, take away the curse thing, but trying to meet your dad for the first time, I'm sure that happens all the time. Yeah. You just drive to Florida, look up the guy. <laughs> That's all you have to do, though. That's the quest. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's Pixar. It's got funny... Uh, yeah, I'm sure like, it's brilliant. And I see the score 88 with the critics, 95 with the audience. Maybe uh, I'll give this a watch. Where it's got uh, the guy that was in The Last Man on Earth, the big guy. Mel Rodriguez, yes. who's also... Uh, wait, no, that's a different guy. Yeah, I like that guy in that show. He plays like a centaur who's a cop. 
And it's like, that's the kind of stuff they expect out of these movies. And it's like, yeah, I love it. It also has uh, John Ratzenberger. He's in every single one of them. I didn't catch him this time, so I don't know who he was. Yes, it shows a uh, construction worker Fenwick. See, I must have missed it. He's in, he's in, I think, every single Pixar movie. Yeah, he's Mr. Potato Head, if you didn't know. No, he's no. Ham. What? He's Ham. Ham? Oh, yeah, he's the pig. That's right. Yeah. Never mind. Um, also, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah, she's the mom. Love that. Mm-hmm. So if you have Disney+, Plus, it's it's there. 114 minutes. You got time. Okay, what else did you watch? I watched devs on hulu slash fx so devs when i got hulu the reason i got hulu was to watch devs because i was really excited about this show it's really more it's more miniseries it's a one season show mm-hmm. so i was supposed to go to fx and then disney's like actually we're just gonna put it on hulu because that's better for us which is like fuck you i wanted to watch it on fx um so i had to get hulu and it was well worth it because this was exactly what i wanted this is a yeah, it's an eight episode miniseries it stars nick offerman as a uh, tech ceo guy who's kind of strange and out there and he's running some weird project out in you know the forest he's got this crazy huge company and it's mysterious and you don't know what's going on and it's um, very philosophical it's fascinating uh what's what's really Cool is that the uh, the guy who made the show is Alex Garland, who uh, made a lot of things I like, Ex Machina, Dread, Annihilation. He even he made the beach as well. And we just talked about that. Oh, I love mm. going to the beach. Yeah, he, he invented <laughs> the coastline. Uh, no, he's he's done a lot of things. Um, this last movie, Annihilation, was kind of a bomb. No one went to see it, and he was basically like, "Fuck movies! I I don't get to tell the stories I want to tell. I get interference from the studios, and you got to make cuts to get the movie down to two hours." He's like, I just, I'm going to do this. And instead, he was able to make this, you know, six hour project rather than having to cut down to two hours. And it just, TV is so great because it allows things to breathe where you get those sequences that are like nothing's really happening, but it's just framing landscape that in a movie they would like, oh, let's cut this down where it's like this, but it's impactful and you're missing that. So it's great to see that. Hmm. But, yeah, right. it's definitely an interesting show and it's something that I know it's not for everyone because it's just, gets you know you might get bogged down in the science talk even though it's not really about science it's still might intimidate people but gotcha a lot of great san francisco scenery and landscape so oh your favorite okay all right well i have three and uh, one of them would just be quick the sixth sense oh i don't think i'd seen that since i was 12 i don't think i've ever seen it actually but obviously we all know what happens tony you need to watch it if you haven't seen it ever uh, but watching it again when you're not like a child, it, it, it's terrific. And I mean, obviously, yeah, you know, the little, uh, you know, twist and uh, turn there, but very enjoyable. That little kid can act his little heart out. It's too bad you don't see him like you do back then, but it's also kind of weird that he still looks like a big version of a kid now. He was uh, an intern for the vampires. Yeah, he was for a brief minute. He was a dick. And actually, I've, I've stopped watching that show because I have a three-month five dollars a month thing for showtime so i'm just trying to squeeze as much homeland in as i can yeah and that show is great uh i'm I'm, into season two right now i'm in the middle of season eight of homeland okay show off (laughs) Uh, i watched it since the beginning so but yeah the sixth sense uh it was pretty cool to see uh and then 
I, I think I've already talked about this movie, but I didn't finish it. I watched it on a plane in December, and I had about a half hour left of it before, uh, when we landed. I didn't watch it on the return flight. Ready or not, the mm-hmm. bride has to play a game at night at midnight with the board game family, and they're all trying to hunt her. Very interesting, entertaining, kind of suspenseful, I guess. Kind of funny. Uh, Adam Brody. I think this could be a scumbag, guys. Um, what did you watch this on? Uh, it's just it just came to HBO. Okay, because maybe I'll watch that. Yeah, it's definitely that worth definitely a watch. Looks it's pretty. It's entertaining. Decent. The ending is different. I'll just put it to you that way. I don't want to give much away. Uh, what's funny if you do watch it, Tony, you'll completely agree. Gavin Newsom's duplicate is in it, so <laughs> there's that. Um, but yeah, I, I would definitely recommend watching that. It's entertaining. It's a, a fun watch. Um, there's little quids each time through, and it's, it's good. And then uh, lastly, an oldie. I'd never seen this in my life. Tony was just recently talking about it. Nick Cassavetti's The Notebook. Okay. I watched it. You, never, you had never seen it? I'd never seen that in my entire oh, life. I've greatest, never seen it. One of the greatest um, rain scenes ever. What do you want? It was good. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, it felt like a... Oh, that's how they came up with 50 First Dates type of thing. Where, oh, they saw this movie and they're like, wouldn't it be great if... We turned this into a comedy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, sounds like a spoiler to me. I don't know. She has no memory? No. Oh. I'm saying, well, there's a, that's the twist to it for... Like, that's how they made their show. Like, But this time, she'll be have been in an accident. Uh, I don't want to give anything away to you, Andy. I'll guess... I assume everyone has seen a movie from 2000, I think, in four. Um that is listening here, so they obviously know what I'm, I'm talking about. Uh, but yeah, it's enjoyable. So uh, wait, that's another movie though. What? There's another movie like that where it's like the person's like married. Movie. Person's married, and they get in a car accident, and then when she comes out of the coma or whatever, she's like, "I don't remember you," and so I'm not in love with you, and so then they have to get divorced. Okay, what? I don't know that. Is that a Black Mirror? I don't know that one. No, that's a real movie. I want to say like Shane Tatum's in it or something like that. But it could just be a Shanning Tatum type. That's intense. That's probably happened in real life. Yeah. So is that what you're saying happens in the notebook? No. She doesn't get into an accident. Uh, In the movie, I'll I'll spoil it, I guess. No, you don't have to do that. I can can read it on Wikipedia. It doesn't get to see what you're getting at. It's just, it's circular storytelling. It's like a 20-year-old movie. I mean, anybody listening has either seen it or doesn't care. There are seniors, and he's reading this book. They're old people. yeah, Yeah. He wrote... To his wife, try, she has dementia, trying to yeah. keep her uh, memory okay. kind of sharp of how they met. But and it's so also it's a classic love story because it's like the dad, Ryan Gosling's kind of like the guy that she falls in love with, but it's not who like the family wants. Because when is that? Where does that take place? Like the 40s or the something? The 40s and he's poor and yeah. they're really rich. Yeah, he's like yeah. a farmer or something. So I think everyone was a farmer. <laughs> but like well, not a her poor family. farmer. Yeah, like but she's like farmer while they're like, Actually, Tony, the dad, kind of has a mustache like you. I can't remember. It's been a while. You could dress up like him for Halloween pretty That's easy if you want. a great costume, yeah. Just put on a white <laughs> Who suit. Who are you? <laughs> the dad from The Notebook. The you couldn't tell? The Notebook. <laughs> it's a movie that's, you know, 16 years old, but come on. Keep up with the times. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, it's a good movie. But yeah, so uh, those were the uh, things I've been watching. Keeping up with Billions. Spectacular as always. Uh, Damian Lewis is owned by Showtime. So, 
All right, should we get into uh, the movie we watched this week? But uh, first, should we mention the movie for next week? Yeah. So, Andy, you tell us a little bit about the movie The Lovebirds. Uh, you should have warned me. I need to pull up my stats, but it's a... Uh... <laughs> I said that because I didn't have it up. I assumed you did. It's uh, starring Kumail Nanjiani from Silicon Valley and like the world. He's a, he's a big star now. Um, it was supposed to come out into theaters. I even saw a trailer for it. Uh, but, you know, with the whole world ending, they uh, had to do something. And uh, it just went... Netflix bought it. They bought the rights to it. And they put it out. And it's available now. So that's that's a good news. It's uh, directed by Michael Showalter, who... Uh, he's the guy in uh, Wet Hot American Summer, kind of like the main guy. So he, he, did, he did those... That movie and those shows, he also directed The Big Sick, which was the other big Kumail Nanjiani movie from a couple years back. So uh, Ray Romano. Yeah, that's that's a really good movie. I've seen that. That's free that's on good. Amazon. So um, I'm hoping it's 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 something like that. Ooh, it's movie. got Paul Sparks. This new one, The Lovebirds. Yeah. Yeah. You want to read about it, Andy, or do you want me to? What do you, what do you do? You want the plot summary or something? Yeah. I don't really know. I, they they get. They get robbed by a criminal, right? And then the cops think they did it, so they have to like flee or something. So is that a, right? A couple, uh, played by these people, experiences a defining moment in their relationship when they are unintentionally embroiled in a murder mystery. As their journey to clear their names takes them from one extreme and hilarious circumstance to the next, they must figure out how they and their relationship. Can survive the night. Kind of sounds like um, it's a Tina Fey and Steve Carell movie. Yeah, the dinner. A lot the, like that. What's that movie called? Is it the dinner? Dinner date. Date, date night. Date night. Dinner baby. Is that what you said? <laughs> I said dinner date. I thought you said dinner baby. Oh, you don't know dinner baby? <laughs> if that doesn't exist, we're making it. Yeah. Uh, so this movie, The Lovebirds, is a 68 with the critic critics and a 54 with the audience, which might tell you maybe it's a little bit smart because if we know anything the audience is generally dumb it's probably not as like crazy of a comedy as you're expecting that's i hope it's not i really didn't like reading that it's a hilarious circumstance because that just means it's it's dumb (laughs) yeah there's there's gonna be a scene where someone who doesn't know how to shoot a gun will be holding the gun and like the tough guy will be like safety's own bitch and then like oh i didn't know i'm a nerd that yeah. scene, scene happens in all those movies. Spoilers, Andy. Yeah. It does have Kyle Bornheimer. Yeah. He's great. He was the dead dad in Onward. Like was small he really? role. Small role. That's but, too good. Yeah. Played, a, I think, a realtor in something. He was in uh, She's Out of My League. Yeah. He's, he's, he's been in like nine canceled sitcoms, I believe, too. Yeah. Oh, he's in Marriage Story, Andy, your favorite. But yeah, so mm. that's the... Movie of the week. Check it out on Netflix. That is The Lovebirds. And Kamel Nanjiani, if you don't recognize the name, Stuber, but more importantly, Silicon Valley. All right. uh, Shall we get into this current movie of the week that we just watched? Let's do it. We have to. Yeah. So it's a Michael Bay movie. I think that's all we needed to say. That is the shortest review you can do. Um. Wow, just <laughs> so I think it's a requirement for him. You have to shoot it with that lens that makes everything kind of a little bit brighter. You have to use tropical colors, and uh, 
you have to explode everything. You have to have one really expensive car. I don't know if he gets to keep the cars that are in his movies, but that's that's definitely. And this one had like forty five expensive cars. Yeah, and it started with uh, Alfa Romeo, which I'm pretty sure I saw a commercial, like gloating, like, "Hey, look, we're in this huge movie with our Alfa Romeo." Yeah, I think it was like a. Italy said, "If you want to shoot here, you got to also do this." This is and uh, nothing against Alfa Romeo, by the way. I like that car. I think it's good that they're making a comeback. Uh, I think some of their cars look pretty great. This one was okay looking, I guess. but yeah, I also thought it was funny that Dave Franco was very short-lived. Yeah, it was a strange choice. It's not like he's like a super mega star. Yeah. He absolutely could be in could this movie. Could only afford sixteen <laughs> seconds of you. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. But uh, the premise here is kind of interesting. A better person could have made something better, and maybe a miniseries would have been better. But uh, yeah, so it's uh, Ryan Reynolds is this tech billionaire, like a you know like a Batman type, I guess, and he wants to be a Batman type. But he wants to fight crime, but like political crime, I guess. With magnets. Yeah, and he uh, so he puts together a team of five other people, so six people of different skill sets to fight geopolitical crime. Um, it's weird who he picks. It's like he needs the driver and the doctor. It's like what? Why don't you just get six CIA? Like the CIA person was obviously the best one. You should have just got five more of those people. Yeah, but like, this is like the replacements. You know, they bring in a soccer player yeah. to be the field goal kicker. Well, they needed, like, the heavy weapons guy. That was a rocket launcher. I guess that was, like, the hitman guy. But I don't know. He was, like, an Antonio Banderas wannabe. I don't Yeah, I don't know. I thought he was, like, Mexican or something, but I can't tell. I don't know. He was one of those. Um, Spanish something. But, yeah, they have the driver. Um, spoilers, this is Dave, Dave Franco. Um, Had. He, he dies in the after the first scene, which is actually he's in about forty five minutes of the movie because that first scene takes forever. It is a long one, it's fucking crazy. Um, but then they go get a new guy and he's a sniper, and it's like, oh, we replaced the driver with a sniper. Yeah, because everyone has a driver's license. We don't actually need a driver. And it's like, what are you, what are you doing? We're gonna call Stuber, uh, and we need the parkour guy. He's vital. Well, that's just to keep the young people entertained. Uh, but the thing with Michael Bay movies is that. He is horribly unfunny as a person, I believe. Yeah. That he needs like talented performers. And Ryan Reynolds is good, but he only had himself to play off of, which I guess is fun to him. It just... Bad Boys works for me. I like those movies because it's They're, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Yeah, the two of them together are great. Yeah, and then I also like... The only other movie of his that I like is Pain and Gain, which is Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg is, is funny in that. Who's yeah. the other guy? The, the Rock. Rock. It's the Rock and Anthony him. Mackie. And they're funny together. And the point of that movie is that they're stupid criminals doing a, a stupid criminal scheme and it's a m- movie made by a stupid guy a yeah. stupid filmmaker so it works. that worked actually pretty well this movie they're supposed to be like smart guys and stuff mm-hmm. um also i was watching the movie and i was like this reminds me a lot of there's this video game just cause and i said that when you said the synopsis last week mm. where they're trying to take down this dictator of this thing and then there's a part towards the end of the movie where the statues of the guy start exploding because they set bombs on there. Oh. These people fucking played Just Cause because that's something you do in that game. You yeah. just rip that shit off. <laughs> like, I don't think Michael Bay played it, but someone, they had to have screenwriters, you know. He's not writing screenplays. Um, but that's what, I think that's just the point. The jokes, the jokes don't work and it's a movie that's based on trying to be funny in these action scenes, which is, yeah, they can still shoot a good action scene, although some of it is hard to understand. 
Yeah, I didn't necessarily care for the jumping around part. Um, I wasn't paying attention entirely to this movie because it's a Michael Bay Bay film. It was hard to. To quote The Social Network, you have my minimal amount of attention. You do not have my full attention. Uh, So work with that. Um, But like I said, it was just, I don't know, it's explosions. It's entertaining. You have... Eat some candy while you're watching it and just go ooh and ah. Because um, that's all you're going to get out of this. That was a hell of a boat, I'll say that. Yeah. My God. So one of the things that could have been... It was like a better filmmaker could have done this cool or good, but also wouldn't fit in a two-hour movie. Where they're like revealing the backstories of the different people in the organization. Mm-hmm. And some of them got like somewhat fleshed out scenes. And some of them were like snippets of stuff. And it just it was it was terrible. Like that could have been an interesting if you did a six episode miniseries or something, where each episode is like half moving the plot forward and half the how they got to this point or something. But it's mm-hmm. like they they don't do that. And um, I want to give it one positive, and that was I really enjoyed. There's a part where in one of the action sequences where they're like recovering the guy out of that building, mm-hmm. and Ryan Reynolds is part of his like tech scheme. He plays the uh, the THX sound thing from the beginning of movies. Yeah. To just like, so people don't hear anything. Because they're going to bust the windows and yeah. all that. And I was like, oh, that's a good one. That's that yeah. was good. I yeah, that, that. that part was fine. Um, the ending, not to jump too much, but I felt like they just ripped that off from Gaddafi. Like, yeah. Which, they're just a bunch of, uh, you know, like rebels or whatever, and they're going to just shove a sword up his ass. Which to me was in horrible taste because... I always thought that was like overboard and like where people were like celebrating that image. I thought it was a pretty ugly image. I understand why that happened. Well, I mean, but then for to be us, that to be like the like celebration part of this movie, it's like, yeah, the bad guy is going to get tortured and brutally murdered by these people. It's like, it's this is not that movie, right? Yeah. This is not supposed to be that dark. I know. I wasn't expecting them to do that. I was like more expecting the, the brother uh, uh, played by Payman Mahdi to be like, now you're going to be my butler. Because he was kind of trying to be funny. Yeah. Uh, also, so the, the whole action sequence on this giant-ass yacht, which I saw is owned by Shad Khan, who uh, owns the Jaguars. This crazy, rich, eccentric guy. Huh. So that's kind of cool. But they're doing this whole sequence, and like Ryan Reynolds has to grow as a character by, like, before he didn't want to save people, and now he's like, I'm actually going to save this guy who's down. Mm-hmm. And he might let the bad guy still get away. And the bad guy does get away, gets into his helicopter, and they're all in the helicopter. And I was like, wait, that makes no fucking sense. I they teleported the in. They teleported How the in. hell did they all get in there? It would have been but cool if you set it up in some way. It's a perfectly crafted plan, Andy. It went to their plan. <laughs> the guy's running the helicopter, but I got to go save my man. All right, I'm going to go save him, and then we'll all teleport into the helicopter. <laughs> well, they're wearing hoods, so, you know, it was fun. Also, that guy was eating food because his, his, the lady, didn't, the girl didn't want to meet his mom. Oh yeah, and he just sat down there. Like, I thought that was kind of funny, actually. He was putting like a blanket over him, like he was swimming in the pool. <laughs> then they realized yeah. he's wearing a bulletproof vest. There was also the weird thing where like that one henchman was wearing like the funny T-shirt, and it was like really out of place. Oh yeah, it was wearing uh, the legend or the man and the legend or some bullshit. Yeah, and he's like, "Did you buy that shirt on your own?" <laughs> Just those things are so they're like out of place and like yeah 
I think Michael Bay saw that in a store and was like, yeah, this is going to be funny. It's hilarious. How old is Michael Bay? And how old do you think he thinks he is? I don't know. The, the other thing about Michael Bay is that he's, I don't know how he's still around. He's a massive perv. Is he? Like there's so much, there's so many shots in these movies. Transformers are way worse. That like, like the Megan Fox, like stuff like that. But like, even in this movie, you had like shots of like, like basically they're almost like under the dress shots. Like you don't see anything, but they're from a low angle going up to a woman in a dress. And it's like, how, do you, how are you still doing this? Like I thought we're not allowed to do this anymore. Yeah, I, don't. Um, I was just going to say something, but I don't remember what I was going to say. What would you give this as a score, Andy? So if I haven't said this, it is a 36 with the critics and a 61 with the audience, which I think is the reason he's allowed to make movies. Cause like I said, I've said this, I'll say this all day long. Audiences are stupid. And I think this is in men in black. A person is smart. People are dumb. Yeah. I think there's also some, uh, selection bias here that people are clicking on this cause they know what it is. But this is definitely a movie that, that people will like. I'm sure that I know a lot of people who would really like this movie and think it's cool. Cause there's no plot. Yeah. There's no character development. I started with a four, and I raised it to a five. Yeah. Out of ten. I think I was going to say two. <laughs> wow. So, I started a, there's a thing called Letterboxd. You know what that is? No. So, it's like a movie review thing where you kind of you kind of log your movies that you watched, and you can give Oh, you got to love that. So, yeah, actually, since I have all my stuff, like, logged for the show, I went back and, like, recreated, like, a year's worth of movies I watched. <laughs> So I can't remember. I think I might have gained this a one out of one out of five, or maybe one and a half out of five. Wow! But uh, yeah, I just. I mean, I I do that because I I came into it knowing what it was. We signed up for an action movie, a dumb action movie, just because the last couple movies we had on here were not that. And so knowing that, I was like, yeah, it's a dumb movie. It's what I expected it to be a four. And then at the end, I was like, yeah, I'm feeling generous today. I'll give it a five. I, I just can't, I can't do nonsensical big action sequences. Like, I'd rather a, a good movie with lower stakes action sequences. Like, yeah, but that's just not Michael Bay. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying, like, it's I like... Christopher Nolan or, you know, any other director out there. Like, there was a movie, I know I talked about it sometime last year, Cold Pursuit with Liam Neeson. Oh, yeah. Wait, hold on. Is that the one with uh, Eli Manning? Yeah. So... That there's no like crazy action in it, but I prefer that. And it's not like it's a great movie and it's Liam Neeson's gonna get nominated for an Oscar, but it's like I just prefer stuff like that. Yeah, and again, I think that's the same thing. Like I'll turn on any uh, Liam Neeson movie because I know, hey, there's gonna be a shit ton of action in this. Maybe a good song or two. He's gonna jump over like a, a waist high fence and shoot a gun. And he's gonna whoop everyone's ass, even though I'm pretty sure he's 65. Yeah. You know yeah. what you're signing up for. And I think the same applies for a Michael Bay film. I think it was the longest we went on any of these movies. Yeah. Well, I needed to get my point across. Anything else to add before we wrap up uh, 172? No, that's a good jam-packed episode. It was a good one. Um, make sure you come back for that final four. Yeah, final four. And uh, make sure you check out our movie of the week, The Lovebirds, on Netflix. Set it into your list. All right, well, I think that'll wrap us up for episode 172. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we had Off-Road, Action Andy. Goodbye. And Tony Katz. Yep, thank you for listening. We'll see you later.